0: So I'm a director and a producer. My company is called All of Us Films, and we produce socially conscious media. That's a great question. So I'm originally a tap dancer. Over time, started to film my choreography. And I started to, you know, first just shoot it with a video camera, and then I started to choreographed the cameras around on the stage with the dancers. When COVID hit, you know, we stopped all in-person shooting, um, and we really focused on what our clients need right now, and what can we do for them that's going to make a difference. There's an excitement in, in being creative, and that's one of the things that drives me as a producer and director. It's not just about passing the time, it's about, hey, What can we do that, that yes, will be entertaining and will be educational and inspire a person to take real positive action in the world.
1: I'm Renzo Esposito, founder of Ser Producer, and this is More About, a podcast where I'm going to talk with producers, directors, and creatives about their stories, experiences, and learnings. Today, Benjamin Nathan. The first question that usually I ask is, if somebody asks you what you do, how you normally answer that question?
0: So I'm a director and a producer. Um, my company is called All of Us Films, and we produce socially conscious media um, all over the world. Um, and when I say socially conscious media, I mean we work on projects that have a social good element. So the genres, the genre can change, uh, but the focus of the projects almost always have a social good element. Whether we're working with a nonprofit or for-profit or an NGO. Um, there's almost always that social good element, uh, whether it's climate related, or education related, um, or sometimes political. Uh, there's a lot of different areas that we work in, but that's a
1: common theme. Well, wow. so uh, how is your team? I mean, is they're all in New York? There's another part of the world. How it's work the company?
0: So over time, we've developed a team that's really international. So um, I'm based in New York and and a couple of other team members are based here in New York. Uh, And then we have a producer in L.A. We have a producer in London. We have uh, an editor slash animator in Buenos Aires, Argentina. We have an animation studio that we work with that's in Buenos Aires also. Um, We have producers that we work with in other parts of the world, including uh, India, Kuwait, egypt um israel um different parts of europe uh and we've developed and china we've developed those teams as we've been working on different projects that that necessitated having you know teams in different parts of the world so over time we've built that team and it's it's wonderful they're all they're all really wonderful people so it's um Everyone has their own different skill set. Mm -hmm. But because of this widespread team, we're really able to take on projects where we have to shoot sometimes with very little notice if we're shooting with a head of state or something like that. We don't always know a lot of time in advance how, you know, when we're going to be able to get that 15 minutes Mm -hmm. with the prime minister of India or the president of Chile. So we have these teams ready to go and we're able to make those things happen.
1: And how uh, COVID affects your business in this current time like... one of
0: the things that has not changed a lot is that we were always used to working remotely because okay. our team is so spread out um, that was not a big change for us mm-hmm. um, in when covid when the lockdown started we were in the middle of a couple of large uh, post-production projects so we had already done the shooting and we were mm-hmm. in post so that was just coincidental that it worked out that way right Um, and then when covid hit you know we stopped all in-person shooting um and we really focused on what can we do for our client what do our clients need right now and what can we do for them that's going to make a difference because you know i don't want to offer things that are just you know for for our benefit it really Mm -hmm. should be benefiting everybody um so we started to look at virtual production And i think different people to different people that means different things but for us the one of the first we had two two big projects at the beginning uh of the lockdown one of which was the world environment day psa for the united nations environment program and that's something we usually go out and shoot and we're Mm -hmm. shooting pieces sometimes all over the world sometimes in different parts of the us um and we couldn't do that so we thought, you know, what can we do with stock footage that's not going to feel like stock footage? Um, and also, how can we recruit celebrities? That's another piece of our business is recruiting celebrities uh, and influencers to be in some of the campaigns mm-hmm. that we produce. So how can we get them involved in a way that feels organic and relevant right now? And we we looked at a lot of different styles and we created a style where we're, you um, And you can see this on our website where we did a lot of split screen imagery with stock footage and archival footage to show metaphors for connection between human beings and the rest of nature and why it matters that we care for our planet. Um, uh, Talking about biodiversity and mass extinctions that that are on the cusp of happening and how we as human beings are now dealing with our own mortality in a new way, given the COVID pandemic. Um, so it gives, we, we wrote the script and kind of developed the concept with this idea in mind that how do we have people relate to the idea of extinction? And here we are, you know, face to face with our own mortality. It's a, it's, a, there's an opportunity to create that experience for people mm-hmm. that relationship and, and hopefully extend that concern to the rest of nature mm-hmm. as well. So we did that um, and we had. A lot of great, great people from all over the world participate. Uh, Bill Nye, Billy Eilish, a whole bunch of other celebrities and influencers from literally all over the world who submitted self-filmed pieces. Um, so that was one piece that we did, and that was that was a great success. Uh, it was written up in Adweek, which was uh, huge for us, you know, to get that kind of exposure. Um, and then we also produced a virtual gala for a nonprofit in based in new york called national dance institute um and uh, as you probably know a lot of nonprofits have their galas which is a big Mm -hmm. fundraiser in the spring or in the fall so they couldn't do it um and so they we've partnered with them on many projects before and they said hey can we do a virtual gala how can this look uh so we created a virtual gala with them that was all uh, uh based on things that we could collect from people selfie films that we we helped them figure out how to do that um archival footage and we crafted a basically an hour-long show that people could tune in donate and it was a very successful event for them and we're now doing that for other organizations as well even going as so far as to now shoot with like a one or two person crew to go and shoot interviews here and there as long as it can be done safely mm-hmm. um really safety is like a top top priority for us yeah. Um, and also what we're doing is we've developed um, a piece of equipment uh, that we can send out to folks that will get a more cinematic feel, but mm-hmm. they can operate it themselves. It, it plugs into the computer so we can see what the camera's seeing through Zoom. And then they're also recording locally on a camera. So That's we can great. get that, you mm-hmm. know, higher resolution footage with yeah. some depth of field. Yeah. You know it'll have more of a filmic look to it and then there's no contact there so that's you know completely safe mm-hmm. um so that's another way that we're working with you know some of the restrictions and things have i mean i know a lot of film production companies have been having trouble with business right now we've been very fortunate to be very busy um and really the the flexibility and the creativity to do these virtual productions right. has been um has been, you know, a lifeline during this time and really a resource for, for people that we're working with because they need it. You know, everyone needs to produce content. They need to produce, especially our clients, meaningful content that's going to help them fill a budget gap or help them get their message out for events that mm-hmm. are still taking place, even if they're virtual. Right. Um, so we've been really able to, you know, there's a lot of creativity involved, which is fun. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy time and a difficult time. Mm-hmm. um and a lot of opportunity for creativity also
1: and talking more about your career how you started in in the production industry when was that the moment that you said okay that uh, it was in the college and after or how was the beginnings
0: so i'm originally a tap dancer and uh i grew up in manhattan i was you know learning tap uh in the in the dance community in new york and also with national dance institute which is this client that i mentioned that we did the virtual gala for so Mm -hmm. i've been in connection with them since Mm -hmm. i was nine um and uh i started to get into choreography starting around age 13 14 i started to choreograph dances i was mentored by the people at national dance institute by Um, also by the founder there, Jacques Demboise, who's a world-class ballet dancer, um, and over time started to film my choreography. And I started to, you know, first just shoot it with a video Mm -hmm. camera. And then I started to choreograph the cameras around on the stage with the dancers. You know, when you're presenting a dance on a stage, most of the time, I mean, you can control some things with lighting in terms of what the audience sees but you're still seeing the whole stage. Mm. And with a camera, suddenly I realized, oh, I can control exactly what the audience is seeing. Like, look at this hand in this moment, and look at this leg here doing this piece. And it was like choreographing the, the, the stage on the dancers and not only the dancers on the stage. Mm-hmm. So that opened me up to a whole new way of thinking about art, thinking about visual presentation. Um, And I started to really get interested in what else can I do with film. I mean, even from a young age, I was playing around with Mm -hmm. claymation and wanting to make things with video. Um, So then I studied film in school. I went to University of Massachusetts Amherst. And there's a major, like a a, um, to create your own major. So I did that and I, I called it philosophy and psychology in filmmaking. And I took as many, there weren't a lot of hands-on film classes, but I took as many of those as I could. There was a lot of film theory. And then I took a lot of psychology and philosophy classes and and looked at, like, how do you use those concepts to tell stories? Um, And then I got, every time, every break I had from school, I'd come back to New York and just try to get on whatever sets I could get on to have Mm hands-on experience, but I always loved it. I loved producing things. I loved creating, uh, art and, you know, I think I really like the mix of right brain and left brain. Like I love the creativity mm-hmm. and I also love the organization and the, you know, problem solving and working as a and team it to create mm-hmm. solutions. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I worked, at a number of different jobs. I worked um, first doing corporate videos uh, for a year out of college. Then I took a year off from film and I went to New Mexico and taught tap dance uh, in schools there. Then I came back and I was really interested in making a documentary about children and dance. Um, I worked in TV for a while and um, did some film projects uh, and eventually started working in commercials. And after a few years of doing that with another company, I decided, hey, I want to start my own, mm-hmm. you know, business and, and really focus on filmmaking with a social good element. Um, right. One of my beliefs in starting the company, still a belief of mine now, is that we as media makers have a responsibility. Uh, and that responsibility is really about, you know, we have the, the gift if we're doing something well of having people's attention. And what can we do with that attention that's going to help the world? So that it's not mm-hmm. just about me producing something and you being entertained, but it's it's not just about passing the time. It's about hey, what can we do that that yes will be entertaining and will be educational and inspire a person to take real positive action in the world? Because you know having a nice emotion is nice. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it just ends there. But how can we inspire people to really do something positive? And that's um, that's a cornerstone of of my work and of our team's work uh and it has been from the beginning and it still is today
1: that is this why you produce this possibility of like change the world through media
0: there's de- that's definitely the main purpose mm-hmm. um and you know i think that there's i think there's just tremendous opportunity you know i love the creativity behind it i'm not mm-hmm. saying that you know film should only be utilitarian and you know only used for this purpose and that's it i love you know creating something that's beautiful that's gonna that's there's an excitement in in being creative and that's one of the things that drives me as a producer and director um and it always has and i probably always will so yes that's there also but if i'm excited and it's creative and it's and it's exciting to watch then what's the message behind it also and that's Mm -hmm. that's the piece that's we can use all that creativity and excitement that we have as, as filmmakers in creating art and use it for for our greater good as well.
1: When if you look to the past and when you start in, in this industry, what do you wish you can know when you started? And said, oh this is something that helped me if I know That's
0: a great question. Um well maybe to take my time you know that that everything especially in our business takes time and it's okay uh, and that's you know part of it of course there's projects that we do that are you know that move very quickly and have a quick turnaround time but even you know especially for our own independent films because we also produce independent films as well these things take time sometimes they take years and it's that's okay and that's part of the process and uh you know be patient and be diligent with the work you know keep the work going Mm -hmm. um but also know that there's a long trajectory for a lot of these projects and and that's part of it um and also i'd say you know everyone on the i think when i when i first started in the film business, I when I was on sets, I was around a lot of assistant directors, um, you know, from time to time, who would, you know, be very authoritative and very, you know, like almost yelling at people, you know, that, that it has to be this way or has to be this way or move mm-hmm. faster or you're not doing it. And so I kind of thought that that was the way you were supposed to be an assistant director. And a couple of times that I was the assistant director, I started doing it that way and people did not react well. And I was, and it took me a little bit of time to learn that that's not the only way. And there's a lot of amazing assistant directors who don't ever raise their voice or they're, they, everyone loves them and they're still getting things, you know, moving on schedule. So once I learned that, I kind of decided that I wanted the experience of our crew and our team to be as great as the experience that we would want a client to have. Uh, as great of an experience that we would want anybody to have we want we're really all working together on the same team Mm -hmm. and it should be a a, a wonderful experience and I think that's uh, the environment that we create now when we're on set is that we're we're working as a team it almost feels like a family a lot of the time Um, and you know we care about each other we 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 really work hard to hire people that have that same kind of mentality and work ethic and um just that are genuinely great you know people that you want to be around mm-hmm. so um so yeah that's something that would have you know it took time to learn but but mm-hmm. but it's something that would have been nice to know at the beginning
1: yeah also there is like people that call that this is the old school of uh, like producers and it's like changing now i think as a more young people start in the business and start to change this uh, mentality yeah.
0: yeah and it you know people it was it's about you know do you do things through force or do you do three through, through leadership
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know and and leadership I think has nothing to do with force mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's kind of the this new area of conscious business right that it's like around a lot of new business are more aware of this uh New philosophy, if I could go yes. right. And what are you curious about right now? Like, are you studying something? Are you uh, making a new project related with new stuff? Are you cooking? You know, there is COVID is changing a lot. Yes,
0: it <laughs> is. It is. Um, well, film wise, I'm working on a film that uh, that I'm directing and producing uh, with my team called To Be Free. And it's a documentary, it's a feature documentary about labor trafficking in the United States and um, essentially slavery. Um, Mm -hmm. Basically people that either are born here or come to the US uh, from other countries and are one way or another forced into a situation where they are forced to work uh, without being paid or without being paid fairly or being kept in horrible conditions uh I, I learned about this in 2016 uh from a family that we interviewed for another project uh that lives in Cincinnati, Ohio. They're originally from India and um I was completely ignorant about this topic. I think, you know, in the news we hear a lot about sex trafficking, uh mm-hmm. but we don't hear a lot about labor trafficking specifically. Mm-hmm. Um so I said, you know, if this is, you know, how common is this? Is it is it very common and they told me, yes, it is. It's extremely common. It's in every city, in every town in the U.S. Uh, and people just don't know. It's happening right in front of us. We're probably going to stores and restaurants and businesses that have slaves and we don't know it. And I was just like blown away by that. And I said, we have to make a movie about this because nobody knows. You know, if I if I am a person that cares and I would want to do something, I can't do anything if I don't know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started making that movie, and we're we we've moved quite a long way through that process. Uh, it's actually going to be about a third or maybe forty percent animated uh, to recreate the stories of the survivors in a way that's you know true to their experience. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I just I never really liked reenactments with actors. I think most of the time they don't they look very cheesy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to do that, um, but I wanted to bring it to life in a way that was going to be engaging for an audience. Uh, we also have um, the actor Martin Sheen as an executive producer. So he has been a huge advocate for the project and we're mm-hmm. in the process of raising funds to complete the film now. So um, we have an amazing, I think it's an amazing, I'm biased, but I think it's an amazing uh, trailer that tells, you know tells the story of what the film will be. And then once we have the funds together, we'll, be, we'll finish shooting. Hopefully things will open up to the degree that we can finish shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll do much more animation. And uh, so I, I envision the project taking another year to two years to finish, uh, especially given the state of things mm-hmm. right now. Um, but it's a very important piece. And I hope, you know, my purpose with that is to really educate the public about this issue of labor trafficking. And once we're educated, we can start to recognize the signs of, hey, you know, why is that person working in this takeout restaurant and their kid is there with them all day during a school day when they should be in school? You know, things wow. start starting to recognize signs and being able to, you know, call the right people to tell them about it and say, you know, you guys should take a look at this. And, and the um, law enforcement also is learning about this issue They're in local areas, they're not always as informed as they are on the federal level. Um, so there's a lot of education mm-hmm. that needs to happen. And there's a lot of transformation of our whole economic system, because the truth is our economy really relies on slave labor. And we know, don't know that. Um, so it, it's, on, it's on a massive scale. So we need to look at it and deal with it on a micro level of individual people and how to mm-hmm. get them help, but also on a macro level of what are the systems that are in place in our society on a governmental level and on a corporate level that are allowing these things to happen and we need to stop those and and find different ways to to function as a society without slave labor
1: um so is there anything that i should ask but i didn't
0: i think for anybody who is starting out or maybe reconsidering things given the pandemic um, I think the, the why is so important, you know, it's it's exciting, I think, especially when somebody's starting out, it can be very exciting to get on a set to be, you know, exposed to film to, you know, to, to you know, we see um, images of Hollywood, you know, really, we, we, we get excited, I think, about the prospect of working in that world. Um, and just like anything, that can, that excitement of that can wear off because it's not the end goal I think for most of us and to really look at like what's the why behind this what is my purpose you know is this for creative expression is this because I like working on teams um for me it was really helpful to see what's the what's the greater purpose how can I serve the world with this art that 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 feels like a calling to me Mm -hmm. Um, but what can I do that's not just to be fulfilling to me but to really share that um Share something positive with the world. You know, I think it's beyond like selling a product. You know, I think a lot of times when we work in commercials, which um, you know we certainly make commercials, but when we're working just to sell a thing that has no greater purpose than just selling those items, it, I, it, I've experienced that feeling very hollow. You know, mm-hmm. even if it's creative and interesting. You know, what's the ultimate purpose there? It doesn't it won't sustain me as an individual for a long time in terms of my inner fulfillment. So I've always yeah. looked for even when we've done you know projects like that um, that have been really exciting creatively, it's like, okay, I could do a couple of those, but then I need to do something that's gonna be have a greater mm-hmm. purpose.
1: That's so great. so thank you for for your time and for this. Uh... Interview, it's really helpful for our community and thank
0: you renzo this is great i'm i'm excited you're doing this and i'm really happy you reached out <laughs>